Jack, for our listeners, can you give us a little introduction about yourself, Transatel, and what keeps you currently busy as CEO of Transatel? First, uh, I'm an engineer, and I decided to found my company with Bertrand Salomon in 2000. At this time, it was quite easy to raise money. So we, we created Transatel 20 years ago in 2000. Uh, obviously, it was uh, a little bit difficult uh, because we went for a crisis in the telecom from 2001. And what Transatel is doing today is really we are in two business. First, we are in the MVNO business. So an MVNO is a mobile operators which is giving telephony services to consumers or to enterprise, but who doesn't have a biz uh, network and buy capacity from large mobile network operators such as Vodafone, Orange, etc. So we provide turnkey solutions for 80 MVNOs in Europe, and we provide all the technical solutions. Also, uh, in some cases, we provide via time. The second business that we have started, started seven years ago is that we have developed and deployed a worldwide data MVNO to focus on the IoT. And uh, this business now is operational worldwide uh, and is focusing on free market segment, industrial IoT, connected cars and uh, consumer devices such as laptop and tablets. Let's focus uh, for this interview, um, Jack, on the IoT and, and the 5G um, a bit as you are very experienced in that respect. Um, Jack, um, when asked on the benefits of IoT and connectivity, respondents to our tech index um, addressed that um, they um, would expect uh, more efficient processes. That was top ranked in, in our questionnaire in 2018, as well as um, the tech um, index questionnaire, which has been sent out earlier this year. Um, second, um, um, benefit, second benefit was the, or is the better, better connectivity of internal systems and then followed by increased flexibility. Interestingly enough, there was a, a bit of a reduction or a decrease or decline in expectations of the, of the respondents. Um, biggest backdrops were most efficient processes and increased flexibility. So let me ask you this, can you elaborate from your perspective on how you and Transatel see the IoT industry evolved as it has been growing so quickly over the past few years? I'm going to be uh, optimistic and pessimistic in the same time. Um, everybody who has an IoT project, by uh, if he compares with his initial ambitions or with his business plans, everybody's late. So IoT is late. Uh, and because it takes much more time than, than what people expect. All the deployment, wherever you speak about predictive maintenance, connected car, everybody's late compared to what people were thinking uh, years ago. And this is why when all IoT projects are always complex projects where you combine the needs of connectivity, the need of cloud computing uh, with plenty of software, such as predictive maintenance, also the fact that in many IoT projects, you are combining um, pure machine-to-machine -machine services and also services where you have a human intervention, especially in the connected car business. So uh, it's not so much the technology which is uh, making things slower, it's just because you have to manage so many different processes 
so many different kind of people, everything takes more time. So yes, the IoT is opening plenty of new opportunities, but actually these take a bit more time than what people were thinking. If you look, for example, at autonomous driving, which is kind of the ultimate applications in IoT, uh, when compared to what people used to say about three, four years ago, autonomous driving is getting late. And it's not, a, it's not so much a problem of technology, it's just a problem of getting things organized globally. You mentioned connected cars, auto, autonomous driving, uh, Jack. Uh, perhaps just sticking on that area in particular, um, perhaps uh, could you also expand a bit for in greater detail for our listeners on, on each distinct stages of the evolution of the connected car um, so that the audience can fully perceive the complexity of the playing field. I mean, for example, as all our listeners, we all are drivers of cars. We are expecting connected cars, autonomous driving now for years. But as you said, it takes much more time um, to get it on the road and probably it will never appear up to you. What, if you could expand this a little bit more uh, on a detailed and distinct stage, that would be fantastic. Okay, so I will approach it through different angle. First for me, a car is just like a, a tablet or a smartphone. Um, 10, 15 years ago, you never had, you didn't have the slightest ideas of how many apps you would have on your mobile phone. I that today you have no idea of the number of apps you're going to have in a car in five or ten years from now. The difference is that the issue around security will be, will be far more important on the car than it is on a smartphone, but you will have many applications. So um, this is why for a car manufacturer, uh, for example, today when you buy a car, you buy a car, what is important for you is the price, the brand, and the design. This is 95% of your criteria of choice whether the, the safety of a car is not so important. Of course it is important, but you basically assume that all cars are about the same regarding safety. Tomorrow, I, I think that maybe 15, 20% of your criteria to buy a car will be around the service. When you buy a smartphone, what is your criteria to buy a smartphone? Your criteria number one is the price, but number two maybe is the service, meaning you want an Android type of service or you want a, an Apple kind of service. Uh, the, the, the design of a, of a smartphone doesn't count because you have a, you have a cover. Uh, the quality of a camera, maybe, but it's, it's not really your criteria number one. It's the same thing for a car. So 15, 20, 25% of the criteria to decide a car will be the service environment. And, uh, and the service environment will be with what I would call app. So you will have app which will be dedicated to, and which are already dedicated to the car for predictive maintenance. So every time you switch on your engine, then there is a, a very small diagnostic and the result of the diagnostic are sent to the cloud, which means that uh, the car manufacturer can anticipate if something's wrong uh, goes on your car and then call you or send you a message on your car, say, please go back to the, to the car dealer because there is an issue. And by the way, you have five days to the, go to the car dealer unless you're uh, ex your warranty extension is going, not going to be valid anymore. Uh, then you can have um, a very, you go from point A to point B, so you are using Waze, but maybe you're going to have things which are more sophisticated than Waze, and that's going to be offered by BMW, and then another one going to be offered by Tesla or by Renault Nissan. Um, and that's going to be a very specific applications which would be linked with a car. 
And when in these applications, uh, the human being is, is involved in that because it's a, it's a driver which is using it or the passenger. And the driver want to use uh, some applications maybe more related to the traffic jam when the driver, when the passenger is maybe more interested to where can I do some shopping or where are we going to have a good restaurant. And then if you are talking about the kids on the back, that's another story. And actually the kids, they will want to have some kind of Netflix things adapted to them because they are going from point A to point B. So there is about 45 minutes. So you want a video which is doing 40 minutes and not one hour and a half and not 10 minutes. You want a video which is just 40 minutes. So you want something very smart. But because you put in your car that you go from point A and to point B and because there is such a traffic jam, so then you want the video which is exactly the one you want, uh, you need for your kids. Um, so, uh, and I'm just imagining things here, but uh, you see that there is no limit to the imagination and I'm just a French engineer. So that's mean that my imagination is very limited uh, compared to the, <laughs> all the, what the people can think. Uh, now, what one of the big applications today in connected car is pay as you drive for insurance. Um, I've got an old car, so I put a small box in my car with a GPS because I pay per kilometer in my old car that I only use during the weekend. Uh, now, all the services will be packaged by the car and the insurance more and more is sold with a car. So if you're driving a BMW or if you're driving a Renault, then you're going to take the partnership between such insurance company, which has a specific partnership with this car manufacturer, so that uh, you, you're going to pay your insurance according to the number of kilometers you do, but also according to the way you drive. Uh, those kind of programs exist for years, but usually it has been uh, provided independently with a special box with the same cars that you put in the car, which is not so much efficient because when you put a box with the same cars in your car in terms of radiation, it's not very good. It's much better when it's uh, already organized in the car, through the antenna of the car, because then the reception is much better and it's much nicely, much, much more packaged in a much nicer way. Uh, and I'm just gave you some example of, of services, but we're going to have many, many services. So the more we will go, the more those services will develop. Some of the services will be focused to the car, some to the drivers, some to the passengers, some to third party services such as insurance company. And we're going to have uh, many, many applications of different type. Jack, further down a little bit on connected cars, can you break an, an IoT, um, in the in the in the car industry, can you break it down to us in layman's terms? So please, not too much of engineering talk. <laughs> More for me as a lawyer to understand, and for especially for the listeners, what telematic and infotainment are. What is the difference? What are the similarities? Telematic is typically the example I talk about. What I would call also the predictive maintenance. Basically, when in your car. Every time you switch on your car, there is a bit of small diagnostic, which is going to check uh, the pressure of your engine, uh, of, your, of your tires, the level of compressions of your engine, the level of oil, the level of water you have in your engine. So, um, and it's actually what you have when you bring your uh, car to a car dealer, it can plug a specific uh, plug and you have a very quick diagnostic. So this is what I will call telematics. It's a, it's a pure looking at your engine, at your car, globally speaking, just to check if everything is fine from high pressure, um, your engine, the oil, the water, etc. A few parameters like this. So let, let's say 50, 100 parameters. That's telematic. Infotainment is you go from point A to point B. So it's basically ways in the car. Uh, 
you go from point A to point B. So you say, I'm going there and you want to find the smartest way to go there with no so much traffic jam. And if you start to have something a bit more sophisticated, then uh, you may have an electric car and you may need to stop somewhere to recharge uh, with the electric uh, base station. And, uh, and of course, you, you may want to relax and you want to have an internet radio with uh, the right program for you because you love classical music. And uh, anytime you go to this specific meeting, you want to hear Mozart and you don't want to hear the, the Rolling Stone. Uh, so this is the entertainment services, so which is more related to the human being. And all that is driven by, is, is, is on the same connectivity issue. So with the same connectivity channels, you can do telematic or you can do infotainment. Sometimes car manufacturers are using two SIMs, sometimes they are using one SIM. Uh, but at the end of the day, we are calling that cellular connectivity, which is needed uh, to provide those two types of service that infotainment and telematics. And I call it globally IoT myself. Okay, that's a, a, a super um, introduction into and getting back Jack, to, to your business and, and uh, the one of Transatel. So hearing what the difference or the similarities between telematic and infotainment and um, that both aim to broaden or perfect um, the connectivity component of car makers, uh, car maker offerings. Let's discuss what type of network connectivity option are out there currently and what are you expecting also from Transit's perspective? I mean, with 4G, you can do great things. Uh, 3G is clearly not enough, uh, but with 4G, you can do many things. And even if there is a big hype on 5G, uh, we don't need 5G now. Uh, we will need 5G in a couple of years but not even next year. So uh, we can still do far more things on connected car services just using 4G. Um, uh, so we did not reach the limit of 4G yet, and we are far from that. So there are many, many services that can be developed around the connected car uh, to improve security, uh, pleasure, value-added uh, that we can have in a car. So 4G is good enough for still a, a few years. Of course, at some point, we will need to have 5G. Uh, but we still have a couple of years before we reach the limit of 4G. And 5G will be very useful, especially when we want to have, um, for example, um, a high-definition video for the kids behind uh, at the back of a car, to some extent. But with 4G, it works pretty well already. So I'm not sure you really need 5G for that because I know the kids have good eyes, but at some point they won't see the difference between 4G and 5G in terms of, of quality. Maybe they do some very special game with very low latency, but still, they are still a human. They are still humans, the kids, even if they are quick on video. Uh, so really it's for autonomous driving that that will make a difference. Now, autonomous driving, I mean, if you can tell me when you will have a clear legal regulations in Europe for autonomous driving where we can define what the car should be decide between going to the wall or, or, or choose the human being which is crossing the street. And who is going to make the decisions? Is it going to be a software or is it going to be a human being? I think we, before we reach the conclusions and, uh, and, and, and the clear rules all for the algorithm. All European states, right? <laughs> yeah. So I think 5G will be here for some time. Yeah. Uh, so this is why I think we don't have a, 
we don't have a problem with technology today, at least when I'm talking about 4G technology is good enough for a couple of years. Of course, we need 5G uh, because it will open lots of uh, possibility. Uh, the more you increase the connectivity with 5G, the more also you uh, increase the needs of cloud computing. And so the needs of cloud computing are going to, uh, you, to increase in, in, in a huge way. And then you're going to enter into new kind of problems around, um, around ecology, uh, because when you have to put um, hosting center and cloud computing everywhere, you're going to use more and more energy. So there will be some social impact. And, and we see that over, you already have some people who complain about 5G and they even think that 5G is bad for the health and that it's maybe increasing the COVID and so on. So we, so we see that some people are reacting very negatively to, to 5G and they will react very negatively on the, the development of cloud computing to some extent. Uh, so I think the human being uh, as it is, and, and without telling whether they are right or wrong, it's not my purpose, but that I think we will have more issue dealing with humans than dealing with the technology in terms of development. So it's more questions how we get organized as uh, in Europe, for example, between the different kind of people and the different, what the people think, what are the rules of the game we're going to define and the technology is not going to be the, the, the blocking point. It's not going to be the bottleneck. When asked about the sources of drive for implementation of IoT and connectivity, the respondents in our um, questionnaire for the Tech Index 2020 asked that the internal IT teams are the biggest source of drive. Uh, then followed just by internal customer service and the customer service. But it was uh, also in 2018 that internal IT teams would be or uh, are considered to be the source of drive. Hearing about you are so long in, in the industry and, and you have made so many changes and now in the IoT market based on so what do companies and individuals involved in their company's digital transformation strategy should or need to know to stay on top of changes that are happening from the what's your perspective on this what's what would be what is your secret at transatel shared with our with our listeners when you tell me that the it department is number one to promote evolutions in the IoT. Uh, that makes me think that those evolutions are more around efficiency, improve of efficiency. Um, and not so much about putting a new paradigm of service. If we take the Apple, I mean, when Apple, they have their smartphone and then they invent the concept of application to a third party who had the capacity to uh, put applications, they developed a new concept. So it was not the IT guys, it was more the strategic marketing guys who did invent a new concept. Uh, when I'm talking about uh, the concept of multiple app on a connected car, that cannot be driven by the IT people nor the technical, it needs to be driven by the marketing people or even the strategic marketing guys. I mean. Uh, because we are in a world where people used to buy device or used to buy cars and more and more the 
people are buying a service uh, and they are they are buying a mobility services this is true for car this is true for many things it could be true for washing machine plenty of devices so it's an evolution um, and it's all the, the the notion of you don't buy yeah you buy a service you subscribe to a service and you develop recurring revenues um, and and this drive and this really should be driven by more by the marketing uh, coming to what the people want or what the people may want and then i put the product and then i see if the intuition is good and the, and when it's come with the it team then we are talking about optimization which are great and which are necessary so for me the the source of new projects should come from the IT team when we are talking about optimization and from the marketing team when we are talking about changing the paradigm, moving from device to service. Interested in your immediate reaction on, on, on the outcome of, of the questionnaires and, and I read that, that you have your own view on that. Um, let me get Back to the 5G, Doug, and what you have said a couple of minutes ago about, let's say, the differences and the impact of 5G for the connected car industry. And I remember that you said, well, we can do a lot in the connected car industry on the 4G level, um, and it's not necessarily require 5G immediately. And this is interesting enough, it fits into the outcome of the questionnaire of our tech index 2020, where respondent said just 3% um, um, consider uh, automotive and driverless cars and um, as something or autonomous driving as something as a case where 5G offers most growth potential. Um, I, I just want to share with you and the listeners the, 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 the result in, in that respect in terms of cases where 5G offers most growth potential. Most respondents said smart cities, media entertainment, so for example, super fast video streaming, uh, gaming, and then more into your area again, enabling IoT devices and networks. Um, followed then by data managed with 11% and the rest is more below 10%. What is your immediate reaction on, on this outcome? Would you share this with, I mean, yeah. with, with what the respondents are considering as the greatest growth potential or yeah. what's your view? Yeah, I mean, I am quite in line. First, I think that most of the people have no ideas how they are going to, I mean, people have ideas how to use 5G, but I think the people don't know. I mean, it is the future and, and most of the people ignore the future. Uh, we had a big hype on autonomous driving and there is so much problem autonomous driving. First, you need to have huge investments uh, to make autonomous driving efficient and safe. Uh, and we, with the COVID crisis, we see that, I mean, I'm sure that all the projects of autonomous driving have been delayed by just by two years, just in a couple of months before the crisis because you need to have a huge amount of money uh, and before to go to autonomous driving the car industry need to go to the revolution of moving from um, thermic vehicles to electric vehicles 
And this revolution is just starting and you still need to have a huge investment to, so that we got 40, 50, 60% of our cars uh, run by electricity or by hybrid engine. Uh, so this is where they invest the money and we don't have that much money to invest in autonomous driving. By the way, some of the big car manufacturers have announced that they were postponing their, their investment in autonomous driving. Uh, so it will take time. Uh, media, okay, uh, you can already have a 4K movie uh, with a 4G connectivity. Uh, now, can you have four 4K movie or can you do 8K movie with 4G in a car? Uh, maybe not if you drive too fast, but at some point, uh, we will move to 16K, and but your eyes are not going to have a capacity to see the difference, especially if it is a screen in a car. So we are starting to arrive to the limit of the human body to really benefit from this increased bandwidth. Smart city is another story because in a city, you have a huge density of device. So uh, you have a smartphone, you have uh, the, the subway, you have a car. So you have many, many devices in, in the same location in one kilometer square. And we know that with 4G currently, we are starting to arrive to some congestion just because of the number of devices you have on a given space. 5G is going to give, uh, is going to make a step so that we're going to have, we will be able to have much more device. And also some of the device will have a very small um, energy consumptions. And with a world of today where we need to consume less and less energy, then yes, I agree that it's maybe on smart city that 5G is going to be the more useful in, in a reasonable short term, which means five, six years. I'm not talking about one year. In one year, nothing will happen. We will just do experimentation for the next couple of years. It's really in 23 that we will start to have some more massive usage. And, and the usage in 23 will be just, uh, uh, just fastest 4G. Uh, we're not going to have uh, hundreds of thousands of devices in the middle of Berlin or Frankfurt or Paris. Because before to have those devices with a business model which makes sense economically, it makes it will take times. Before we need to make a, a business model which which works, uh, you need to invest. You need to make money as a company. So who is going to buy the service? So it will take times. Of course, it will come, but it will take time because you are talking about the change of human being. It's true that 25 years ago, everybody thought that mobile telephony were not going to develop that quickly because people only have uh, that much of money. And it happened that people decided to, have, to go less to the restaurant to use their mobile phone. But that was a kind of quite easy arbitrage that people were doing between going to the restaurant or having a mobile phone. Here, it's much more complex. We are talking about much more complicated services where the business models are going to be far more complex. Because if you speak about smart city, you have a city, uh, the authority of a city which are involved, the infrastructure, the device, the human being, the enterprise. Wow, we need to, the business models are going to be very complex. Let me ask you this. What do you expect? What, what's your estimate regarding the impact of COVID on the IoT 5G rollout? Is there a difference in terms of timing? Yeah, I mean, uh, COVID had an impact. Uh, regarding 5G deployment, I don't believe the impact is very big. Uh, it's a really a question of a couple of months, maybe six months, but 
it's not really a big impact. And if the mobile operators want to catch up, they will have a possibility to catch up in the following years. So I, I don't believe there is a real impact. On IoT, it's a different topic. Uh, first, you have many companies which has been hurt uh, a lot by the COVID. So their capacity to invest in new project has been reduced. Uh, COVID also, because of its financial impact as, as, as an impact on the way they get organized. So for me, the IoT project have been delayed and I'm thinking more a delay between three, four months to two, three years, depending on the companies. But you have some very companies that you know who has been hurt very badly from a financial standpoint. Uh, so for them, the impact is going to be big. So I'm talking at least to at least one year in average, if not more. It's not going to change the long-term visions, but yes, we have, we have a, an impact of one year, I think. Uh, Jack, coming to the end of, of our interview, which I think we could continue for, 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 for hours, um, but you need to get off at some point. Um, just share with, with our listeners and me um, your, let's say, perspective. Um, what IoT advancements are you looking forward to um, the near future? The biggest evolutions in the next couple of years will be around connected car. We are just at the very beginning of a connected car. Uh, today, when a car manufacturer is doing a, a, an RFQ, a request for quotation to ask for connectivity, uh, they do it in a quite basic way. They do it for continents. Now they start to want to have connectivity for the world, but it's step by step. And the offer they are getting are not yet mature. Uh, and it's not a question of technology, 4G is good enough, but it's more things get, to get organized about the regulatory constraint that we can have in specific countries. I mean, I mentioned a few countries which were difficult because they were so specific from a rugby standpoint. And a car manufacturer needs to, to have a worldwide solutions because his car has a worldwide design and the level of and the service is going now, it needs to develop uh, around the connected car uh, need to be worldwide. So we need to have a world, a true worldwide connectivity with the same regulatory framework everywhere in the world. So for me, it's still the, one of the biggest challenge in the next two, three years. And it's where the, it's also where the business is the, is the biggest, really. It's really connected car. I mean, for me, 80% of my, of my revenue are run connected car on IoT. Uh, so that's really the focus. And then opportunities around smart city will come but I don't believe they will be massive before a couple of years. So I don't see them massive next year. I might see it more massive maybe in 23, 24, but today the big business is around connected car, uh, which is really in the, just at the beginning of the, of the evolutions. And before we arrive to autonomous driving, we have a long path. Thank you so much for the interview, Jack. Um, very, very informative. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. We hope you find our European Technology Index useful as you help your organization navigating the current climate. Do also explore DLA Piper's useful coronavirus resource center, which has useful further information for your benefit in this uncertain time. Thank you for listening today.